Hello everyone, I'm Rachel, and you're listening to Let's Talk Avatar. This is a watch-through of The Legend of Korra. Isaac and I will be discussing each episode and giving our opinions on it. Just as a reminder, this podcast does contain spoilers for The Legend of Korra. This is a teen-rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, everyone, to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. My name is Isaac. And my name is Rachel. And today we will be talking about episodes three and four of season two of Legend of Korra. That's kind of cool because it's Civil War part one and two. So we're going to title this episode Civil War. Because it's a complete package. Two episodes, Civil War part one and two. We're starting with Civil War part one. Can I just make Take a, a shot anytime I say civil war. Civil war, civil war, civil, civil war. war. Civil war, civil war, civil war. Um, sorry, not sorry. First thing I wanted to mention about this, I just thought these episodes were going to be so much more intense because they are titled Civil One. I mean, Civil One. Civil War Part One and I Part Two. I thought the same thing as I was watching it. I'm like, this seems like the start of a civil war. It doesn't seem like it's an actual... Exactly. It's like the start of it, but it, it doesn't seem like an actual civil war. So you're just kind of like, okay. But I mean, I guess it is between the water tribes, which are just the southern and northern. So you're just kind of like, Yeah, it's kind of okay. hard to like keep bringing soldiers to one side of the... <laughs> like over the entire globe. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was just going to be a little more intense. Do you want to just jump into it, let's or do you want me to talk? Do you want me to jump into Avatar? It? You know what, guys? Let's talk Avatar. So, with Civil War Part or Civil Wars Part One, War Civil Wars. So, there's multiple wars. That's what the title I'm is. I'm assuming they're thinking like Spirit World and Our World. Oh, and I guess that makes sense. Like Northern Water Tribe. So, personally, I'm going to start out by saying these episodes really were, they're interesting, but they weren't that interesting to me, you know? I liked them. I mean, I liked them, but I also was like, not, not really feeling it all that much. So, this is where the Southern Air, Air, Water Tribe has occupied the Northern Water Tribe, and Unalak's there to, like, protect the Southern spirit portal and wants Korra to go open the northern one and so all of this stuff's wants going Korra on to open her wop is that like a reoccurring theme in our episodes <laughs> and he's convinced her that by doing that it's gonna be better for humanity and bring together these two worlds that have fought for so long and then you have Varric. this is where he comes into it he is they pretty much have trapped everyone in the southern water tribe haven't they i think that's what he did is they're kind of like trapped there and because they are there can't do what he needs to do to run his business yeah. so he's like let's overthrow unalak which huh, i'm all for it's put a damper on everyone's plans yeah so he sets up this whole thing and cora ends up finding out about it and then yeah why am i explaining the episode i thought i said i wasn't gonna explain the episode anymore i was gonna talk about my favorite parts that's what I'm going to do. We've just been doing it for so long. It's just natural I know. Natural it's at this just point. so... It's out of habit. Um, what I really liked about this episode is you you really get to see Unalak's real colors. And you know what I'm going to do with these? Because it is part one and part two, I'm just going to talk about them back and forth because it's going to be too hard for me to like figure out what really happened in which part. Um, shout out Jackie's mom. 
Yeah. You made you were so good in these episodes. <laughs> our friend Jackie, we just noticed this. Cora's <sighs> mom looks like our friend Jackie's mom. Jackie, if you're hearing this, listening to this, watch it. I don't know if you'll feel the same, but me and Isaac definitely. We were, were like, like, man. Did like, Jackie who does re- that girl look like? We were thinking, like, did Jackie relate to Cora in this moment? Because <laughs> <laughs> Jackie's like, yes, Cora, I feel you. We have the same mom. <laughs> they do the live action. Jackie's mom plays oh my, Cora's mom. <laughs> yes. And that with that clip, we, we have her just saying hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's her one line. Um, okay, moving on from Jackie's mom. Um, these episodes, I mean, they weren't bad, but there was a lot of obviously like talking and and arguing going on back and forth. But I really like these episodes because Cora comes back to her family. You know, like she becomes closer to her mom and dad once again instead of being this like angsty teenager that's like, oh my gosh, leave me alone. I want to be in control. Yeah, even though there's still more of this like, I know better than you guys. Yeah. And Cora's mom's basically like, you can't just fix all of this this has been going on like multiple decades before you're even born so you know it's a good lesson i think for everyone because i think we can all get in those spots of wanting to change something that's taken that's been either a lifetime of uh, habits for you or a lifetime in general of, of these things that have been so standard i guess you can say but she has to understand something like a civil war or something like tensions like that is not just gonna go away overnight well that's what i'm saying too like she wants those it things to. yeah and those things aren't it's gonna obviously take more than a day but i think cora wants to help people so bad and so she's constantly trying to do what she can and so she gets upset when things aren't going the way she wants them to you know yeah but she's still young and doesn't realize, like, this is obviously going to take more than just a day a day or two of spending time, you know? And and you're, and the thing is, too, is she's she's from the Northern Water Tribe. So to her, she wants to support these people. I thought she was people. from the Southern Water Tribe. No. Wait. Pretty sure Cora's from the no, Southern. No, she is. She's from the Southern. Because her dad got banished Her dad's from the, the Northern. South, that's and right. And they clapped that's right. a Southern Water Lady and now... Jackie's mom and... <laughs> Tonrock are together. Um, so back to what I was saying. She wants to support her people in the Southern Water Tribe, but then you have the Northern Water Tribe who's there occupying it, and she wants to be with Unalak, who's teaching her all these cool spirit-related things. But she's also realizing in these episodes. I mean, she does realize that Unalak maybe isn't. The person she thinks he is, which I'm so glad we figured this out by episode four yeah, rather than like, like halfway through the series. You couldn't tell before then, but um, let me stop. Um, yeah, Unalak is weird for me because I, for some reason, I remember him being more having more of a personality. Yeah, I agree. Now that I'm watching it back, it's he's just like he's just a villain for the sake of he's like an Ozai. Yeah, he is. He's there's no real personality to him. Me and Isaac were talk. We watched these episodes together, so I felt like we got a lot of what we wanted to say out last night when we were watching these episodes. But we both talked about how Unalak just has his one agenda that he wants to push, that he believes is right, and nothing else matters. Even his own kids come and talk to him, and he, he just I truly, he doesn't care. 
Maybe it's because he's like meant to be a sociopath because he doesn't even he sees his, everyone in his life, all of his relationships as like a means to get places. Yeah, what can they do for him? Yeah, like um well even his kids are kind of like that too later he uses, on. Yeah, well he look, he uses them to find people for him or to do things. He uses Cora, he uses Tonrock, his own brother, he uses everyone. Like he's just Yeah. That's just him and the creepy thing about him is is he's so he's so far into his agenda and his um like goals that it is like at the forefront of everything if that makes i'm trying to say it like no i get what you're saying like it's the only thing that matters to him he's taking advantage of something that is meant to happen Mm-hmm. that well, he's the only one that knows about it I was going to say, remember when we were watching it last night and we were talking about how we were like, okay, obviously this has been something he's been trying to do or he his his goal, his end game here, he's had planned for a while. But Since how did he, he was know like that a teenager. Korra was going to be the Avatar? Like he didn't know that. So he, did he just get lucky by having the niece be his niece be the Avatar? Cuz he needs the Avatar. So if she wasn't the Avatar, was he going to search for the Avatar like Polazuko kind of thing and find the Avatar? Yeah. It's just, it it's crazy. And I feel like until you get further into the season and you realize what his real motives are, because right now we really don't know what his motives are. I mean, we do because we've seen it, but we, but if you're watching this for the first time at this point, you know, he's manipulating and you know, there's a reason why, but you don't know the details it's yet. Kinda, it's kind of in your face. Like, oh, it's just like base level. Uh, I'm going to cause tension between my family type manipulation not Mm -hmm. like world ending yeah at least universe right now because different dimension like bending one thing i really wanted to talk about was the way that he treated cora's father so he he sets it up to where cora's dad's gonna be is gonna be killed for trying to plot against him which he was actually never part of like he was there but he refused to be part of it and then he's Unalak tells the judge like oh please have mercy and the judge is like fine you'll serve a lifetime in prison and of course Cora's dad goes with it because he's like okay I'm, I'm gonna do this and Cora finds out later on that the judge was set up to say everything he said Unalak told him to say that and this is where you find out from this judge that Unalak has caused every bad thing that's ever happened to Cora's dad pretty much is because of Unalak and or I just honestly think, like modern water tribe politics yeah yeah which is crazy we were talking about this last night too the water tribe is so controversial I didn't say that right but you know what I mean like they they're so dramatic and they they fight over the littlest things and they're so traditional that's what i'm looking for they're because so because they're school. so close-minded they're so swayed um if it's in the favor swayed no pun intended the water tribe Ooh, water oh, true um <laughs> yeah you'd think with an element like water they'd be like more flowing and, and free. like flexible yeah but they're not they're the opposite they're, they're like, like very stubborn rigid rigid like ice that makes sense mm-hmm. um and cold yeah that yeah does make it sense. does make sense the ice part of it like if you use that aspect i just i feel like Peep, the sirens going off in the background if you can hear them yeah hopefully you can't but i mean it just can, adds flavor to whoever, the whoever whoever that um the sirens are for please be safe rest or not rest, <laughs> no, rest in peace hopefully you, you make it die. out alive 
Wow. Yeah, I I like this season because we do get to see more of the Water Tribe, which we, we got to see in Avatar The Lost Airbender, but you really didn't get to see. We had one season of seeing it, you know? So we had one season of seeing it, and so I really enjoy us being in the Water Tribes during this time. And while this is going on, Tenzin and his family are still at the Southern Air Temple. This is where Iki's run off. And I guess this is a fun little part of it or a, a good lesson because Tenzin, Bumi, and Kai are all fighting. And then Iki, Janora, and um, what's his name? Milo. My, Milo are all fighting. And so it makes, I don't know, it's like a sibling, a silvery, silvery, sibling rivalry. That's what I'm looking for. I didn't realize, though, until the second part of the Civil War episodes that... It's a direct, like, it's literally Tenzin Kaya Bumi's relationship is what's happening with Milo, Iki, and Jinora's relationship. Mm-hmm. I I told Isaac, too, when we watch these, and you see the moments between Kaya Bumi and Tenzin, that Kaya and Bumi really didn't get to have the dad Tenzin did. Because Aang, obviously, understandable, is going to train Tenzin, the only airbender at this point besides Aang, and... But by by doing that, he's neglecting his other children. So in Tenzin, Tenzin even admits to them later on, like maybe I have seen Dad through through wrong eyes because I've, I, he's kind of been biased, you know. And so in that moment, you realize Aang was such a great Avatar, but maybe he wasn't the greatest Dad, and not because he he wasn't capable of it, or not because he wasn't a good person, but because he just, I, I don't know, maybe he just didn't really think about those aspects of it. But I feel like Katara was a great mom, you know, like... Well, think about it. Aang went to go be a part of the council, was it? Was he part of the council or no? I don't think he was. I mean, I think obviously he was always a part of it, but I don't think he was like a sitting member of council. But as the Avatar, you can't just settle down with your family, unfortunately. You literally have to save the, the world's problems. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and that's I, why I, I think Katara that. was like, I'm definitely going to stay home with these hoes because... <laughs> Someone has to. We also talked about Boomy. Imagine having your firstborn child not be a bender. And I you're, would be and You are I'd, one of the best waterbenders and, and the I only was, airbender left. If I was Aang, I'd be like, look, obviously so this look. ain't working now. So, <laughs> so we're just going to give you to... Honestly... Tell me Boomy didn't hang out with Sokka. They you, had to be like really that close. That personality Boomy has is it reminds me of Sokka and he worked for the United Nations. Is that what it's called there? <laughs> oh, we have the UN in America and the in the world. No. Global. What's it called? What are their their things called? That they call upon when like Isn't it the United Nations? I thought it was the United Nations. Maybe I'm wrong. Is it? I don't think it is. I think it's something else. I don't know. We'll look at it later. It's like the United something Nations or whatever. Something. We'll figure <laughs> it out. Um. So yeah, it it it's just I don't know. I feel bad for Boomy and Kaya in that aspect, and I'm glad that we're seeing more of them and they're kind of bringing Tenzin back down to earth because he can be a little 
bring him back down. I relate to Tenzin, though, because he's like a control freak, high-strung person. Like, that's how I feel a lot of the time. That's why he's one of my least favorite characters. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of him. I I mean, I don't don't dislike him, but I'm not also like, oh my god, I just love every scene with Tenzin. (laughs) Imagine you're like the only Tenzin stand. Fangirling every time Tenzin's on screen. Um... I mean, I'm not denying his involvement with and his spiritual, the Avatar and his yeah. spiritual and he's how he's literally keeping the airbending, uh, like all airbenders alive right now. Yeah. Um, I actually kind of like the, it might be later on in the season. Me and Rachel watched a little bit ahead, so I might be talking about a scene later on, but he teaches Milo how to lead. Oh, that's right. And it is just like so good. And even though you don't see him teaching him, you see the outcome and how good Milo is afterwards. You know what I can say that I really appreciate about Tenzin is the issues you see that Bumi and Kaya had with Aang. Tenzin does really well with his children, spending time with them and having personal moments with them and helping them rather than just like picking Jinora, who obviously is the more spiritually inclined person in their family instead of choosing her to to train up she he has special moments with all of them and i love that because it and even rohan you know in the beginning you see him playing with them he has these moments with his family that i just really love it it shows that he is he tries his best to be a well-balanced person which i think is the the key here it's the key to life that's the key to life pandora's box that's all I have to say about these episodes, though. Do you have anything else? I feel like we're missing a whole bunch, but... I mean, Eska, Desna... Oh, oh, Korra... Wait, same old, I don't same think old. No, that... that's way... Never that... mind, never mind. Sorry, we watched... We couldn't help it. We wanted to watch these episodes, but we watched a little further ahead from Civil Civil Wars, so... Yeah, I don't want to get Captain America Civil War was such a great movie, guys. Oh my gosh. So we're here to talk about... What side are you on? Are you on Captain America's side? Or are you feeling a little frisky and you're going to be with Iron Man? Wow, I think that's the movie Blake and I saw in theaters on our first date. 2016, is that when it came out? Pretty sure, yeah. Oh, okay, that's what it was then. And we both were falling asleep, so... What side you guys are on? Iron Man or Captain America? I'm definitely going to have to choose Iron Man. Iron Man. I've never been a fan of Captain America, Same. and he didn't really have anyone that was like Captain America. But, to me, but I, didn't I, Captain America have Scarlet Witch? Yeah, or no, that no. was Iron Man, right? I Either don't way, know. whoever Scarlet Witch, whatever team she's on, I'm choosing that team. She's OP. She is literally yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> just a little Marvel, Marvel for you in our Avatar Cinematic podcast universe. Yeah. I just love the, the water Unagi. tribe and the Unagi, and I love the architecture, the culture. I feel like the lack of culture in the water tribe, if that makes sense, like they they don't really have anything to show for it, is what makes them so intriguing. Mm-hmm. Is because all these other places it's have, mysterious. Yeah, you're you're left wanting more, mm-hmm. and you're, with all these questions. Yeah, you're really curious about why the water tribe is the way that they are and with the with other elements it's not so much like that you know like we all know about the, the air Nation, nomads the, the air f- nomads yeah. we we know well we know so much about them from the last series that the water tribe which is crazy because 
Katara and Sokka, who were main characters in Avatar The Last Airbender, were from the Water Tribe, but yet we didn't really get to see much of the Water Tribe. And I mean, there's the North and the South, but I mean, still. Like, I think they are the smallest nations when it comes to the different elements, but... That's true. We literally only saw... In season one... The beginning of season one and the end the of Oasis, season one. The uh, Oasis... The Spirit Oasis. Yeah, the Spirit Oasis. In the Northern Water Tribe. Yeah. Um... I am very excited, though, speaking of different nations and tribes, to get into the, get Earth, King, the Earth Kingdom. I just, I think the Earth Kingdom's so fascinating. Yeah, same. Kuvira? Oh. Metal bending? Lava bending? Lava bending? Metal bending? Mm, not the biggest fan of metal bending. Let us know what your favorite bending style is. It um, start out with the four elements, and then from there you can branch off and tell us which one's your favorite from those sub-elements. Mine would probably be earth and then lava bending. Um, Mine is water bending. I mean, I've always been a fan of water bending, but... I feel like everyone picks blood bending, and I'm just not here for it. I would like to actually see more on the healing aspect of water. Yeah. We really don't. We see it happen a lot, but we, we really don't healing. understand how it's happening. We see, I feel like, healing as much as we see metal bending mm -hmm. throughout both series combined. But we don't ever get an explanation for it or anything. Yeah. Um, but we get like a full rundown of metal bending in like... Also, <laughs> the we haven't been explained to... Yet, how Unalak does the... Oops, my mic. <laughs> the spirit... I'm moving my arms in a circle like he does around the spirit. It's like, we didn't really get explained what he's doing with that. I'm imagining that's part of, like, healing. Yeah, like some kind of soothing effect, calming. Yeah, like spiritual healing or something. That's what it looks something. like. Well, and you're literally taking water and circling it around them. But water is still mysterious to me in some ways. And it's but, OP but with water, blood bending. But the water, when when they're healing someone, it turns like a neon blue. Yeah. When they're calming a spirit, it it's turns yellow. like yellow. Yeah. Air bending probably my least favorite. I love air bending. Okay, to get to your peak, you have to let go of all your earthly tethers. Like I'm sorry. That's because but... air bending's already. Oh, the most OP element? Like, think about it. If you're a master airbender, I mean, look at what Aang was able to do. I'm just not an airbending fan. I mean, I think it's interesting to watch, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my gosh, I love airbending so much. If you do, that's fine. If people, I mean, I'm not going to judge anyone for their choices on... Every Astral projection <laughs> is my favorite. <laughs> every bending... There's something special about every bending style, but obviously everyone has one that they tend to prefer or like more. I just want to see more... Oh, combustion bending. Yeah. And lava bending. We'll get into that in season three. Um, oh, season three. I'm really looking forward to season three. Mingwa Boss. I wanted to say something, but I don't want to say no. something. <laughs> um, who's your favorite character right now? Favorite character would probably... Ooh. General Iroh is just really pulling through for me right now. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't like Mako. I don't like Korra. I don't... Asami's not in it enough. Bolin's like the comedic relief, you know? Eska and Desna I don't like. I'm kind of... Feeling Ton Rock. Ton Rock. Ton Rock is my favorite character. There it is. Ton Rock's my favorite character. Ton Rock. 
Tanrock, <laughs> so underrated. Tell me he's not one of the most underrated characters in the Avatar universe. Yeah. The Avatar's... At least right now. The Avatar's dad, who literally has been treated like crap his, his whole, whole life, life without even really knowing his brother was the cause behind it all, and just takes it and makes the best out of it. I want to be a Tonrock. Jackie's mom's a pretty good character. Yeah. They couple really well. Um, <laughs> who else? Tonrock's the only one for me that I can think of. Unalak, I just love his character and the development that we're seeing with him and how much of a... Usually <laughs> I would pick villains because a lot of them are relatable, but... Um, okay, coming, like, coming from season one, tell me this is... Isn't the truth coming from the first season where you have a mon who is a very like complex character? Yes, so but his, his aggression and all of that makes sense, right? You've exactly. been there before. That's what I'm saying. He's so complex, and then you get to season two where you have Unalak, and you're like, I what? Like you're so boring. Well, There's first nothing of all, to you. You can't relate to his. What's life. your struggle? What's most, your exactly? Most people can't relate to his lifestyle because he's born. It seems like into like royalty almost. He is. He's. They're literally. Aren't they like princes of the tribe? If they have, I mean, or like that's what they're portraying. It looked like chiefs. I don't... They became the. They're like in the tribe royalty. They're they're part of that. You know. Tonrock's actually had to struggle. Yeah. Because Unalak, of Unalak. Unalak has never, I feel like, had to struggle. Yeah. He's always been very manipulative, so he's gotten his way. So already he's not relatable at all. Yeah. Um, and then as we get further on in the series... I and then mean, he knows something that literally no one else in the world knows about. So then he's not relatable even more. He's just isolated. His own kids can't even relate to him. That just bothers me. I'm like, wow, you don't even appreciate or talk to your own I, kids. The no more, wonder they're the, the more, way that they are. The more I think about his character, the more I feel like he he's meant to be like a sociopath. Yeah, I agree. Like, there's really no other explanation Not for the so way that he like is. Not so much like psychopath, but like sociopath. Because he is isolated. Mm -hmm. He uses people. I feel like he has no emotion behind what he does. Exactly. Like, there's no... Besides pushing his own agenda, he does not care. And even when he's pissed that something happens, he's really not pissed. He's just like, oh, it's another roadblock. Yeah, exactly. I'll he's find like, a way I'll around find it. a way. Yeah. All right, well... Maybe that's why he's not relatable. <laughs> I feel like we were going to wrap this episode up so many times and we just keep talking about random stuff. This series is called Let's Talk Avatar, or this podcast, it so... Is. I really do enjoy... Let us know what you guys think. Do you prefer us... I mean, actually, I'm not going to answer that because I really don't like explaining the episodes over. I really like being able to talk about my favorite parts and us create the conversation from there. Yeah. Because if you're listening to this podcast, most likely you've already watched the Legend of Korra. Yeah. So us explaining the whole episode, especially if you've already watched it, it's kind of like, okay, I already know what happens. But being able to talk about it in a deeper way i guess opens up more doors for us to have conversations with you guys and hear your guys's opinions on it because that's the one thing i love about the avatar community two things i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna say what i love i love that there's so many different opinions and views on the avatar universe that can make sense but i also i hate when the avatar community tries to discount someone's I guess, belief or their opinion because they don't think it makes sense. I mean, that's true with any fandom, but I do see it in the Avatar fandom and I, I don't appreciate it. 
I don't appreciate it. Not that it happens to me. If it happens to me, I'm just like, I really don't care what people think in my opinion. I mean, I make a podcast. If you want to listen to it, you want to listen to it. If you don't, then I understand. At the end of the day, these shows were made to entertain us. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they do. So It's like artwork. Everyone's interpretation yeah. of it is going to be different. Exactly. Everyone's love for it is going to be different. Everyone's... Or displayed in different ways, too. Because yeah. Just because we don't watch it on repeat every single day doesn't mean that we're a fan of it, you know? I mean, this is how we express our love for it. We literally made a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we just wanted to talk about it. But I think the reason we wanted to talk about it is because I'm curious if other people do feel the way we do, you know? Or I, I do like hearing other people's viewpoints yeah, on it. Yeah, we're desperate for, like, Avatar talk with people. We are. We literally so have our you... friend Jackie, and that's the only person we talk Avatar with. And don't get me wrong, she has, like, she has thought so in-depthly about every single thing And we'll thing have her on some, um, some future episodes, too. Yeah. Because she does have some really good opinions. And she watched Korra as it was releasing. We didn't watch Korra as it released. We watched it after it came out. Yeah, so she has more of like the real time experience. Yeah. yeah, having to wait week to week to watch it. Um, she also has a tattoo related to Avatar, so I mean. <laughs> true. <laughs> and oh, it's and... not just an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick question. Inside joke, sorry guys. I didn't mean to offend anyone if you have an arrow. I think that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> Okay, what were you going to say? I need to stop talking. Quick question. Does Aang's arrow go like... Down his butt? Does it like go around his butthole into like... What is that? Like, where does the arrow stop? Good question. Ask Katara. (laughs) Katara's like, let me see where the arrow ends. She's like, hey, let me see where that arrow ends, though. Ew. (laughs) Okay, we can we need to end this. This is like going in. He's like, let me show you where this arrow is. Ooh. Okay. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. This episode's Um, over. I'm Rachel. I'm Isaac. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on Instagram. Send us an email. We love you and we will see you next episode release. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find us on our website at nonessentialmedia.com, on Twitter at Let's Avatar, and on Instagram at Let's Talk Avatar. Join us next week for another episode. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.